Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. All right, Magic Makers, another iTunes review of the week. This one is from Emmy Roberts 24. She says, Kim is the queen. She is fierce, funny, and smart as a whip. Kim embodies what it means to be a life coach by offering so much more than diet and workout tips. Whether you're a gym junkie or just beginning your journey, she helps you see that living an all-around better lifestyle is not only attainable, but something you can strive for. Regardless of your age, Kim is tough love friend. You need to kick your butt into gear. She said something recently that resonated with me. No is a complete sentence. You don't have to expand, explain your boundaries to justify them to anyone. Let's that, let that sink in. Five stars always. Thank you, Miss Emmy Roberts. Yes, that was a game changer for me. You know, when I first started in this fitness journey, I was double dipping. I had a corporate job as well as fitness. And it was really hard for me to say no to clients. It was really hard for me to say no to my boss because I needed the cash. But I was getting burnt the F out. And so I finally had to come up with my boundaries and finally have to say to myself, like, I, you know what, it doesn't work for me to work out in the morning. Like if that, I just can't do it. And now I don't really hop on the phone with a client until at least 10 o'clock in the morning. I need that warm up time for me. So I really want you to start thinking and exploring your boundaries. I've done several podcasts about boundaries and please listen to them. If you're someone who's like, I need some boundaries in my life. Thank you again, Miss Emmy Roberts. If there's anyone out there who would love Love to share a iTunes review and you're like, I don't know how to do that. Reach out to me. In the bottom of this podcast, you will find out how you can reach out to me for social media and just shoot me a DM. I will answer them. All right, ladies, enjoy the episode. Hey, magic makers. I hope that you are having an amazing day. Uh, and today, today's topic, you know, it has been in my mind and I've just been trying to figure out the, the words to put it up all uh, together. So today's topic is all about menopause and diet culture. And, you know, many of you listening today, you're either in that perimenopausal stage, or you are postmenopausal. But as we lead up to this, the biggest thing we've all been impacted by diet culture in a few episodes um, ago, I did a, uh, a interview with um Marianne LaRue, and we talked all about how diet culture has just been like in our brains since, you know, we were in our teens, in early 20s, depending on where you are. And so let me just, I went, then I was like, you know what, let me go back and define what diet culture is. What exactly does that actually mean? And so diet culture is social expectations about how you should look and how you should eat. You know, your body should fit a certain way, should fit what society 
is deemed as appropriate, you know? So uh, when I had that conversation with uh, Marianne back in the nineties, it was all about being as skinny as you possibly could be like bone sticking out, ribs sticking out. And that was just like the epitome of beautiful. But if you were someone who had boobs and hips and butt, you felt like inadequate because there was no way you were going to get down to that skin and bones physique. You were in, you know, I know that um, I've been in this business for a really long time. And I just remember, you know, so many clients would come in and they would tell me, I want to have legs like Carrie Underwood. I want to have arms like this. I want, and they would find a celebrity or a person that they knew and they wanted that physique. And, you know, it is like we were told for so long that you could have the physique of anybody that you wanted if you worked hard enough. And diary culture really promoted this whole thoughtness of excessiveness, excessive and rigid, that excessive workout, excessive dieting would get me everything I wanted. I just had to hustle hard and I had to do it. I had to do the plan. I had to be on point all the fucking time. And if I wasn't on point, ugh, I would crumble into a heap on the floor. Hey, ladies, can we talk about menopause for a second? Because seriously, why didn't anyone clue us in onto this crazy roller coaster ride? I know that when it hit me, it felt like what the hell is going on. But fear not, my fellow magic makers, because I got your back. Does this sound like you? Hot flashes that make you feel like you are on the sun. Mood swings that make a roller coaster ride seem like a walk in the park and your libido. Goodbye. Yep. It's time to embrace this menopause journey. That is why I have whipped up this fabulous free checklist to help you navigate the hormonal mayhem. No more guessing games or feeling like something is going haywire. It's time to take charge and show menopause who's in control. So if you're wondering, is it menopause? I got you. Grab your free checklist right now and say, bring it on menopause because it's time to conquer this journey with confidence and style. Do not wait. Get your hands on this free checklist today. Okay, shut up already. Send you the sheet. Do me a favor, grab the link in my bio. And if that sounds like you, keep listening. You are in the right place. And, you know, as diet culture really permeated into our society, you know, you go to parties and you would tell someone, you're like, hey, Sarah, you're looking good. And Sarah would be like, oh, Whole30 or Keto or Atkins. And they would, you know, proudly say the diet they, they were on or, oh, doing CrossFit girl, doing bar, doing a 45. And they would just always lead with what they're doing. And, you know, for the diets and for the workouts, that is what they want, right? You know, I've been in the fitness industry for a long time. I worked at a corporate gym and was part of their marketing team. And one of the things that the ownership group of our gym was like, they wanted the gym to be the third place. And this whole third place for phenomena started with Starbucks, right? Starbucks is like, we want to be that third location for our, our, our guests. They go home, they go to work, they go to Starbucks. Either I'm going to Starbucks on the way to work or I'm going to Starbucks on the way home, but somewhere in my day, out of the two things that I'm, I'm going to do pretty much daily, I'm hitting Starbucks. And that's what gyms want people to do. They want to be your third home, your third 
most visited place. And so, right, so they do, they do all the great marketing to get you into that culture. They do all the great marketing to get you into their vision. Same thing with diets, right? We make it all glitzy and so forth so that people start to judge like, oh, you don't CrossFit? Mm, all right, that's fine. You do you. Or, oh, you're not Whole30? Oh, uh, you're eating carbs still? Wow, right? And I know that a lot of times I'll go out to parties and I usually never tell you what I do. Never. Because immediately most people think I judge. I do not give a shit about what you put in your body. I don't. If, you, if you're not a client and you're not paying me, I don't care. Like we're at a party. I want you to go out and have a good time. I'm not judging like, oh, homegirl, she just had about 50 drinks. Oof, that's about 4 million calories. Good luck getting that off. Like That's what most people think. I'm like, hey, if that is your idea of a Saturday night, rock on with your bad self. I have no judgment at all. Now, if you're a client of mine and you're like, hey, Kim, ooh, Saturday night went down. Ooh. Then we're going to talk about it. I'm never going to be like, oh, girl, that sucks. You're going to have to do 400 burpees to make up for that. I'm be like, okay, how did Saturday night go down? And just kind of remap the evening so that we don't have these highs and lows. And that's one of the things that diet culture has made us believe is that I can have a bad Saturday night and then two outcomes. I have a, I have a, I call it a bad night. I'm like, it just, you know, the night got away from me. And a lot of times clients will check in with me like, oh, Kim, Saturday night was so bad. And so in my mind, I'm thinking like, you went to the old country buffet and you pulled up a chair and they kicked you out and your face is on the side of the building because you could never come in because you just pretty much cleaned out the buffet. That's what I think is a bad night. For some people, it's like, oh, I had an extra drink. Really? You had an extra drink, right? So it's like diet culture has made us vilify our actions, right? As good or bad. Vilify our food as good or bad. Vilify our workouts as, oh, if I can't wash my hair the next day or sit on the toilet the next day, did I even work out, right? So that's what diet culture has like really just like pushed into our society. And so, you know, the, uh, hopefully you're you're picking up what I'm putting down as far as what are the examples of diet culture. You know, it's the packaging on your food, whole grains inside. I'm sorry, Fruit Loops is never going to be whole grains because I think all of the artificial colors that it puts in there doesn't like negates all of the whole grains. Net carbs, zero net carb. I I, I think it's utter bullshit. But if that you know that makes you feel like puppies and and cuppies on the inside great go for it but it's like um low fat you know that was our first kind of new marketing and so from those of you who have followed me for a while we all know that the front of the package i can say whatever the hell i want i can say whatever the hell i want i could say aliens included inside and the fda won't say bo jackson to me I flip that over and I go into that, that skinny panel where it tells you how many calories, how many servings, grams of carbs, grams of fat, so forth. And the ingredients, the FDA is like, all right, girl, what, what, what's going on here? What are you saying? Right? They're just certain. Here's where the FDA is like really going to hold your feet to the fire. You'll get a little flack for some of the claims that you have, but the most flack that I, uh, 
a product company will get is for that ingredient panel. That's where they the the FDA really zeroes in on and making sure that that's the, the truth that you are actually having there. And so it's like really, it's the whole you know diet culture is like sneaky permeating or through our entire society. And so you know many of them will make them seem like it's a lifestyle, but it's still a diet. You know, the, the biggest thing I see for that is Noom. It's still a diet. It's still giving you rules, labeling things good or bad. Um, and that's that's the hallmark of a diet. If there is a list of foods you can have and a list of foods that you can have, you're on a diet. Sorry, not sorry. And, you know, I, I remember um, when I first started um, my membership, there was a woman who joined and she was going through the materials and she said, hey, Kim, um, where's the good food, bad food list? And I was like, there's no such. And it just rocked her world. She was like, whoa, what do you mean there's no good food, bad food list? I'm like, all foods count. All foods matter. It's just a matter of how much you have of them. Am I never going to have to tell someone they can't have a cookie? No, because the moment I say you can't have a cookie is the moment that when that cookie becomes off limit, you're like, dang, I want a cookie. And you see cookies everywhere. You know, it's kind of like um, there is some type of psychological phenomena that I cannot think about. I think can't think of the name of what it's called. But once someone brings a, a thought into your head, you never thought about it. You never saw it before. But now that someone has brought it into your kind of your purview, all of a sudden you're seeing them. So for example, I'm going to talk, say Blue Jetta. You may have never even noticed a Blue Jetta that's parked out in front of your house every day. But now that I've said it, you're going to see Blue Jettas everywhere. And so if we start vilifying foods and we say, you can't have cookies or you can't have apples. And I've shared this story before when I was competing I, could, I love apples. I pretty much have an apple every single day. And so I couldn't have apples except for a post-workout. And apples were always were my like afternoon snack. And I work out in the morning. And so like a- apples were like always just like, it was just a great afternoon snack for me. So then I'm in Marshall's and I remember this woman is eating an apple. And I was like, God damn it. I could totally take this woman for that apple, right? An apple is healthy. No one's ever going to say an apple is not something you should eat. However, when you told me not to eat it, it was all I saw. Apples everywhere. <laughs> apples, apples, apples. And so if you're trying to still figure out diet culture, all foods fit. And so why is diet culture so bad? One, the labeling, right? The vilifying, you know, the the feeling that like you have to be so structured in order to get results. But here's the thing, right? In our over 40 bodies, it's really hard because every single day things are getting topsy-turvy. Our hormones are in it's on, on their own gosh darn roller coaster ride. And so trying to have the willpower, the motivation, the discipline to follow said diet when, you know, the the hormone of resilience, progesterone, it is 
plummeting. <laughs> and we don't have that same like baba vib, you know, same with testosterone, the thing that gives us that willpower and that drive. A lot of that is just like, depending on the day, it's wonky. And so we're trying to push our bodies into something that right now our body's like, yeah, girl, I am just like, I'm here. I'm just laying on the couch. I just want to watch my movie and chill. And we're like, hey, we got to go for this five mile run. And then we got to do two hours of gym. Our body's like, girlfriend, we ain't there no more. Like give up the ghost. And so that's why 95% of the diets fail. I want to ask you how, you know, how many times have you keep trying to rinse and repeat and your body's like, girl, we ain't got it today. It ain't happening. Or it gives you a little bit of something and then it just like holds on like a stubborn toddler. And what happens when we go repeatedly go on these diets is that we're always going to regain the weight. Sorry, not sorry. There, then also because we are in such a hormonal, you know, turbulence here, it leads to other metabolic issues, metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, leptin resistance. Um, it's just so many things, other, other metabolic, uh, health orders, disorders that can come from our constantly dieting and then food obsession. I struggled with food obsession. It was every thought in my mind was, is this good? Is this bad? Okay. If I have this, what do, what can't I have? If I have this, what can I have? If I have this, and it was always playing this freaking like food algebra up in my head. And at the end of the day, I was spending more, like more mental energy. If I think about the mental energy I used to spend about what I was going to get my workouts in, what I was eating, I think I probably could have cured couple cancers, probably easily cured a couple cancers with the amount of brain power that I has spent um, on there. So it's a problem because if I always keep looking for things outside of myself, I'm never going to find it. And one of the ways that it happens is that you're always comparing, you know, you're looking at someone else and you're like, how come, you know, they're not dealing with the belly fat? How come they're not dealing with the mood swings? How come they're not dealing with this? And you're just always like, are so frustrated about what other people are doing that we don't look at ourselves and like ask ourselves, how do I get out of this diet rut? How do I undiet myself? How do I stop saying to myself, oh, if I could just cut the carbs, oh, if I could just go to the gym or oh, if I can only. And the way to undiet yourself is to just stop being so ingrained, right? And focus on what the end game is that you want. Because we're trying to chase that very first diet, right? That very first magical diet where like you followed it to a T and the weight just like fell off of you. That's not going to happen anymore, right? Maybe the first diet, the second diet, great. Or you only lose weight if you only are able to do it like to the T. But God forbid you go on vacation and you can't do a two hour workout. God forbid you can't, you know, there's something that's not on the good food list. You're screwed. And then you like fall off and then try to work your way back on. So as we hit 40, relying on these like really rigid and structured programs is really challenging. And so that's where we need to evolve and look for a more balanced approach, right? So that we are looking at what exactly are you eating? 
You know, and that's the first place I always have my clients look. And that's first place I'm going to ask you to look, assess. And I know I will. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to do a food log. Well, then, lady, you don't want to, you, you, then you don't want to lose the weight. Right? You don't want to understand what's going on in your body. Because if you don't understand what you're eating, it's really hard to, to make adjustments, right? So it's like, we're going, there's like this acronym, AIM, assess, investigate, modify. That's the three, that's the three pillars of it, right? So assess, what exactly are you eating? And so, and I always say, tell people three days and don't try to be good. You know, so many times when I ask someone to give me a food log, they're like, oh, it's so good. No, I I want you to live your normal life because then you could see like how many times I could see, I look for patterns, right? I'm looking for, okay, how, how much, the first place I look is like, how much protein is this person eating? What do their carbs look like? And what are their good fats look like? That's what I'm looking at. And then I kind of see like, where is the junk? Where are the kind of faux health foods that like all of us have kind of like bought into like the yogurt parfait, which is pretty much dessert for breakfast is really what it is, right? So I, that's where I look at. So I'm like, I'm like assessing what the protein is. And the, one of the really, really big reasons why I'm looking for that is that I know that protein is very satiating, right? It's very satiating, one, so that you feel fuller longer. That's one. Two, as we age, we're losing three to five percent of our muscle mass and so because to lose three to five percent of our muscle mass we're going to try to stem the tide and try to kind of push against that that natural muscle loss and by making sure we are feeding and fueling our body and nourishing our body um, I'm also looking at how much space are you having between your meals right are you you know it's only waiting are you only eating like every you know one to two hours between your meals, or are you able to go three or four hours of your meal, or are you having like one meal and then you're like having all these little snacks in between. Um, just trying to understand like what what's what's going on there. And ideally, you know, I used to subscribe to the five meals a day, but honestly, there's no um I, I have not seen any research. If you have, holla, share. I'd love, I, you know, I love me a good research. Um, I haven't seen any research that, sh- that shows that, you know, the thought was like, you want to stoke your metabolism. For a lot of people, it just causes them to overeat. Um, and yes, you can overeat healthy food, guilty as charged. Um, so I challenge you to see if you can go at least two to three hours between your meals. And for many people, you know, especially at age 40, we're looking anywhere from three to four meals a day, depending. And, you know, I tell people like, well, I like that go out of three to four. Like some days I have a really heavy lift and I need that extra food. Like I need that, like I work out in the morning. So I need that like mid morning snack. I usually work out around 7 a.m. And so, you know, usually by like 10 sometimes on a heavy lift day, I'm like, mm, you know what? I, I need a little snacky snack, right? And then I could have lunch. Um, or sometimes depending on like how front loaded my day is, sometimes I'll, I'll have a snack between like four and five, right? So it just all depends on um, how my day goes. And other days I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need that. I don't need that like mid-morning snack or I need that mid-afternoon snack. Then I also look at your vegetables, right? As one of the biggest things that, you know, a lot of people are missing in there, you know, I see a lot of times people only have like two vegetables a day, you know, they might have a vegetable lunch for like a salad, which is pretty much a couple of vegetables in there. And then they'll have a vegetable for dinner. And I'm looking to see if like, how can we increase the vegetables? One, just for the micronutrients that you get from vegetables, but also for the fiber intake, the, the more fiber I take in, 
I want to be able to um, help me with elimination so that I can really help get the toxins out of my body. Now, one of the big things I tell people is like, be mindful of, of that fiber intake, because if I increase my fiber too much, too fast, I will have ill effects, you know, so you might feel like, like an excessive fullness, there might be bloating, there might be other things when we take it a little bit too much fiber. Um, so, you know, you can take a gradual approach to increasing, uh, especially when you're eating like the fibrous vegetables or um, increasing um, beans into your diet. And so that leads me to really looking at the, the nutrients of the food. Again, not looking for good food, bad food, but really thinking about yourself. It's like, as I fill my, my grocery cart, you know, it's like, what proteins can I fill in there? What fruits and vegetables can I fill into my um, cupboard? You know, I, I'm, you know, again, for me, all things are inclusive. You know, some people will ask me about gluten and I will say like, put it in and then take it out and see what happens. Some people, they have a response to it. Some people don't. So it's like, you know, again, I don't want to start vilifying the nose and just start saying it's a test, right? Everything, you know, when you work with me, everything's going to be an experiment and like, see how it works for you. You know, yeah, there's an initial plan just to say like, how's it going? How easy is for you to like fall into this or how hard is it for you to fall into this? And then kind of let's start to see how we can make it a you plan. Because the one thing I have learned over the 15 plus years I've been doing this, that it's structured flexibility. That's the only way that anyone's going to win this game is to work within your boundaries, work within whatever's going to work best for you. Um, yes, absolutely. Treats, you know, I remember people would be like, well, when's my cheat day? No, fuck treat cheat day. There's no fucking cheat day. Like that's like the day to eat like a fucking asshole all day long. Can I have treats? Can I go out for a date with my sweetie? Can I have ice cream with my kids? You bet your sweet bottom. However, portion, you know, have a portion. Am I going to have an ice cream sundae that like they're going to put my picture on the wall? No, <laughs> but can I go and everyone's having an ice cream cone and have an ice cream cone? Absolutely. Can I go out to dinner with my sweetie and have a glass of wine and split a dessert? Absolutely. Can I go out for girls night? Absolutely. But one of the things I always challenge my clients is that go in with a decision, right? This is the decision I, I, I'm going to make. I'm going to have two glasses of wine and a, a great meal. I'm going to have the dessert and a great meal. I'm definitely going to have the nachos and the guac. Great. But go in with a decision versus the, I, you know, the choice of like, oh, it's girls night or, oh, it's a date night or, oh, you know, I wanted my picture on the wall. Right. Cause like those things don't happen. I choose to let those things happen. But if I go in with a decision, like, boom, this is what's going to happen. I make that decision and I make it work. Okay. And then it comes into exercise, right? Everyone who pr pretty much follows me, they're really good at exercise. They're amazing at exercise. Exercise is their J-A-M. However, when we get to that age 40 plus and our progesterone is starting to get a little wonky, we don't have the resilience. You don't have the resilience and I wish you did, but you don't have the resilience anymore for those five, six day a week, like, you know, go, go big or go home kind of workouts. And so here's where I challenge you, challenge my clients that can I get in four good workouts? Can I get in three good workouts? And, you know, back in the day, I was all about the body part splits. Like, you know, I had to do up, I had to do, you know, back and buys, chest and tries, leg day, right? 
I had to do that. But one of the, because I've like asked my clients, like literally like how many days can you truly work out? And I remember when I used to work at a gym and you start working with a client, I'm like, okay, Sarah, how many days can you work out? Girl, seven, right? And then I'm like, okay, so you don't work and you don't have kids. Well, yeah. And I'm like, you only want to work out here. And I worked at a gym that was in downtown Boston. And like, and I'm like, so you're going to commute here uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. So then like, you know, what was seven then became five. Then I said, realistically, like, do you have any early morning meetings? Like, blah, blah, blah. So we just like, it started to whittle away. So then it really always came down to like three to four days a week. And so if you can get in five, awesome, rock on with your bad self. But I always, you know, I always like tell my clients plan for a minimum of three. And then if you can get in four to five, awesome. Right. And that's me like for nine times out of 10, I will get in at least five days of working out, but then there's always that week. There's always that week that just life lives and we have to plan for life to life. And so many of my, you know, a plus plus clients, I'm a recovering a plus plus person. You have to factor in life. And, you know, so many people are like, if this and this and this and this happened, then I can know, like, you have to factor in that life is always going to life for you. And that's just how life, <laughs> that's how life is. So when it comes to exercise, really start to think about f- more full body workouts. And so, you know, um, in my Fit Girl Magic Society, the way I program workouts is that I do one day is an upper body, one day is in lower body, and one day is a total body. So that way, you know, depending on what you do, you can hit your body. If you add in five days a week, you're hitting your upper and your lower body um, two times a week. Um, and then adding some little bit of cardio, you know, for women over 40, the hit cardio is just not as needed as it was in back in the day, primarily because of our stress. So if you're someone who's very stressed, adding hit on top of that is just throwing a log into the fire. So one of the biggest things I, you know, I encourage my uh, women and I encourage you to do as well is walking or, you know, no more than like 15 or 20 minutes at like level two, like where I can still hold a conversation, but I'm not like dying for 30 minutes on a piece of equipment or um, just old school sprints. And when I say sprints, I'm talking outside or in your group, in the group fitness room. You know, I do sprints in my driveway and my neighbors think I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Buffs, but I just sprint them down my driveway. I set a timer for 15 minutes and I sprint up the driveway and then I walk back. I sprint up my drive and I walk back for many times as I can in 15 minutes. And that's really what I could do that typically until it's too cold outside to be outside, but it's just little things, little bursts of activity to just always make sure that I'm getting for it's primarily for, for my heart. Also it's sprinting is great lower body conditioning. So if you're someone who feels like, you know, you need, do, need to do a little work on your lower body, make sure you are adding in, adding in your sprints, you know, and as we kind of like wind through this, right. You know, so like diet culture pretty much sucked the joy out of working out pretty much sucked the joy out of eating because it made you overthink the shit out of everything. You know, I remember I had a client who's like, Kim, um, I'm making my shake. What's better? Uh, kale or spinach? I don't know. Both either like, you know, just like overthought to like that degree of eating. And it's like a vegetable is a vegetable. Anything that flies in the sky comes from the earth. You could pick it from a tree. 
It's yours all day long. It's all that synthetic package bullshit. That's when we can have a conversation. But asking, you know, cauliflower versus spinach, no, I don't give a shit. Like, eat it. It's a vegetable. Rock on with your bad self, especially if you're not getting any vegetables. I'd rather you have preference. You know, if you only eat cauliflower, great, only eat cauliflower, but it's not because it's it's better. It's because that's the only, you know, I have plenty of clients who are p- p- picky or certain foods just don't agree with them. Like I, peppers and onions, I can't eat them. They just, my body is like, girl, like, and I will literally, my heart will be like glowing like ET if I have those. So I don't have them. And it's because I don't want to pay the price for eating that. Um, so f- when it comes to diet culture, like stop sucking the joy out of your life. Like, you know, life's too short. <laughs> to not find joy. And that leads into relaxation. You know, a lot of my ladies are A++ and they don't know how to relax. They don't know how to just sit in stillness, even for five minutes, like five minutes, just like sit, just sit, set a timer and just sit and just be, you know, even if it's sitting in your car, you know, um, one of my clients she, to find joy, she would sit in her car for five minutes before she went in her house. And she said, I would sit in the car and I would sing. And she goes, that brought me joy. Great. Is she singing like Whitney Houston? Probably not, but it brought her joy. And so find little things that bring you joy. And I challenge it you to, if for it to not be exercise. You need something other in your life other than exercise. This is a non-negotiable. Find something other than exercise that brings you joy, right? Um, painting, roller skating, playing with your dog, playing with your kids, something that is not like, I need to go to Gold's Gym and just work it out. No, something other than that. Um, finding stillness. You know, I tell you about a, a, my, a friend of mine who she literally locks herself in her pantry for five minutes and sets a timer and tells her kids, don't bother her. Like that's, that brings her joy. That keeps her from killing her kids and being on the damn news. So the key here is finding a lifestyle that works for you where you're not feeling like you're missing out on the fun or like you have to take a pause when you're on vacation. We have to take a pause because it's summer. We have to take a pause because of the holidays. No, how do we weave health into our every single day life? And that is my ultimate goal for every single person listening to this podcast, any person I've encountered. And definitely for all of my clients is how do we find a way that nourishes and supports our bodies as we move through this menopause and postmenopause so that when it comes to like that not being 90, de- 90 degrees, ding dong, being 90 and still being able to walk on our own without the need of a crutch or anything like that. That's what brings me joy is to be able to stay as active as long as I can. And I forgot to mention the self-care, like the self-care piece. Most people think about massages, pedicures, that self-care thing. That's what brings you joy. Like the joy, whatever brings you joy, that self-care. Also, um, Sleep, right? I'm always talking about sleep. You know, if you don't walk away with one thing, at least be like, can I set a bedtime, right? Can I say, you know, if I need to get up at 7 a.m. in the morning, count eight hours back, and that's when time I need to just start to get myself to bed versus I'm going to pass out in front of the Netflix and then get myself to bed. No, pick a bedtime, create some type of bedtime ritual. I don't give a shit about a morning ritual, but I do. I do give a shit about a bedtime ritual because I want you to think about it. When you were putting your kids to bed or if you don't have children, you saw friends put their kids to bed, there was a ritual that they 
had tub time, their stuffed animals had to be a certain way and there had to be a number of stories. I want you to get back to that. Get back to a way to like go from, oh my God, my day to like cruising into bedtime so that you don't lay in bed and be like, oh, I got a meeting tomorrow at 10. Oh, I got to make sure this is, oh, the kids permission. Oh yeah. And that, oh yeah. Like you don't want to lay in bed like that. We want to make sure we're like, our engines are starting to fire down and we can just come in for a nice uh, landing. So I hope that you've gotten at least one takeaway from this. And if you have, do me a favor, holla at your girl. Tell me, what did you take away from this? Find me on the socials. Um, I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I'm also on threads. Um, So feel free to find me there because I want to make sure that I always share with you all practical ways so that you can thrive in your 40s and beyond. All right, magic makers, make it a magical day. I will talk to all of you next week. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much. Thank you.